0: So yeah, we're going to focus here today on encouraging yourself in the Lord your God. And the key scripture is from 1 Samuel, chapter 30, verse 6, which reads, Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Now, just before I move on, I've got a, a, a picture here of, of brains. Um, they're not my brains. I think my brains probably look a lot better than that. But uh, you can see that when we're stressed, uh, depressed, when all the negative stuff is going on, that does affect our brain. And that that image has been enhanced with colour. They don't actually come out of the machines in colour like that. They're black and white. But you can see how different our brains actually look when we're in a stressed state as opposed to when we're optimally functioning. That is, when we're relaxed, when we're actually living the New Testament Sabbath, that, that life of peace, of shalom. So there's good reason for us not... Uh, to want to end up in a situation like David. Now, by the way, I think we should punish Jeanette by making her do the discussion point next week, right? <laughs> <laughs> for, for the communion? Yeah, Oh, yeah, so that's, that's it. You've got to do the discussion. She knows she's going to do the discussion point next week. <laughs> she knows that already. But um, yeah, that was a a great, um, a wonderful introduction to our our theme for the next couple of weeks of Encourage Yourself in the Lord. Now, we don't have time to go through five or six chapters of 1 Samuel. I wasn't planning to anyway, even if I had more time. But look, can I really encourage you in your, your Bible reading over this week, at least read through chapters 27 through to chapter 30 of one Samuel because it will give you a really good feel for what this story is all about but as you would probably know David was anointed by Samuel the prophet to be king of Israel now he was anointed when he was actually a lad he was a kid he wasn't he probably wasn't even a teenager at the time but God spoke through Samuel and said this young fellow here is going to be king of Israel. And uh, King Saul at times didn't like that. Saul, of course, was older. He was the first king ever of Israel. But he, he became mightily jealous of David. Now, it's interesting. It wasn't so much because of what David did. It's because of what people said David did, right? It was because people were pouring the accolades, heaping accolades on David, and that's what Saul didn't like. So Saul actually got so cranky about this that actually he decided to kill David. And David spent years fleeing from Saul. And it got to the point where he decided he'd had enough. Now the key is, he decided that he'd had enough. In 1 Samuel 27.1, we read this. And David said in his heart, Now I shall perish some day by the hand of Saul. In verse 2, then David arose and went over with the 600 men who were with him to Achish, the son of Maok, king of Garth. Now he was a Philistine. Do you remember another famous Philistine? What about Goliath? Goliath was a Philistine. Uh, David had killed him. But here we have, how bizarre is this? The Philistines were perennial enemies of Israel, and yet David is going over to the land of the Philistines where he thinks he's going to be protected. Anyway, in a sense he is. Because Achish eventually gave him the city of Ziklag. Uh, David asked for somewhere to be, somewhere to stay where he'd be safe, and he was given that, that city. And that's recorded in 1 Samuel 27, 6. But it's very interesting here because, you know, David was still battling on behalf of Israel, and he went off and he battled, the, I think, the Jebusites, the Amalekites and a few of the other Vegemites and Marmites and all of those sorts of people. But when he reported, and, of he came back with all the loot, right? He came back with all the loot following the war Akish was mightily impressed by this and said, well, where have you been? And David said, I've been down there fighting in Judah. He actually told a lie. It was the Gereshites, the Gergesites and the Amalekites he was fighting, not the Marmites and the Vegemites. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, he didn't feel free to tell Akish the truth, probably because... The people that David was fighting against were actually allies of the Philistines. Then Achish decides to go to war against Israel. And he thought, well, you know, David's been a good ally of mine. David's been out there battling against my enemies. I'm going to ask him to join me. And so he does. And he puts David in a high place and expects him to go and fight against Israel. But in the meantime, while he's doing that, the Amalekites attacked Ziklag. And guess what? They burned it with fire. This is recorded in 1 Samuel 30. They burned it with fire, and they took captive all who were there. Very interesting. They didn't kill anybody. At least they didn't kill any women and children. They might have killed all the blokes, but or they were supposedly... The blokes were off fighting. But these uh, Amalekites, they carried off all the kids and all the women, including David's two wives. When David and the men came back, they found that the city was burned and all their people had been taken away. And that's why his men were going to stone him. Because here they were following this leader and while they were away, everything they had was ruined. The city was burned and their wives and their children were carried off as captives. So no wonder David was greatly distressed. He was greatly distressed, no doubt, because of the fact that his brothers, not his literal brothers, but his brothers, the the 600... Fighters who were with him, they wanted to do him in. I mean, how would you feel? I know how I would feel if I was the pastor of Ignite Life Church Gold Coast and all you lot decided that we didn't have enough Tim Tams and so you were going to kill me. (laughs) I'd feel pretty distressed. My brain would be like that one that was on the left-hand side of the screen. Well, how distressed would I be if I had a truly good reason to be distressed? Like while you were in church, someone went and burnt down all your houses. Or let your tires down. He had a good reason to be distressed. But listen to this. He strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. Now it doesn't actually say how he did that. But I think Jeanette has hinted. At what might have happened. And I'm sure next week she'll have a lot more to say about it. But we've been strengthening ourselves in the Lord already. Today. Just as we were were worshipping. You know I was looking at the words of the songs that we were singing. They were amazing. They were amazing. Because they were so full of positive confession about the truth of God. And what's in his word. Every single song, I'm standing there thinking, I can strengthen myself in the Lord because of this song. I mentioned last week how wonderful it is to have Jerusha with us. Uh, I said last week, of course, she's come up from Ignite Life Church in Yarrawonga, our our sort of head church, to help us out up here, and she's studying here. But she sings a lot, And, and she's the kind of person who will strengthen herself in the Lord, her God, Through song. And I suspect that the more distressed she is, the more we're gonna hear the ukulele (laughs) and the song. And and I'm thinking, I should sing too, but I can't compete against that voice. (laughs) But she's strengthening herself in the Lord. I'm I'm very, very much impressed by Psalms 42 and 43 in, in the context of strengthening ourselves. In the Lord, and I actually think these these psalms, they, they repeat a particular statement. I think it's in there four times, and I think it's the antidote to depression. And I apply it to myself. In Psalm 42, this is um, verse verse 5 and verse 6 in Psalm 42. And I can just imagine David saying something like this to himself in that time of great distress. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan and from the heights of Hermon, from the hill of Mizar. He's saying, why am I cast down? Why am I distressed the way out of this? The way to strengthen myself in the Lord my God is to remember who he is and to hope in him. If we move on to Psalm 43, we see in verse 5. Why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Here's the antidote. Hope in God. For I shall yet praise him. And that means I'm going to praise him anyway, regardless of what the circumstances are. The help of my countenance and my God. Isn't that wonderful? You know, there are theologians who believe that Psalm 25 was the psalm that he wrote at this time. I, I don't know whether it's possible to be absolutely certain. I won't read out the whole, the whole psalm for, for sake of time. But uh, here's a few verses from Psalm 25. To you, O Lord, I left my soul. Oh my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Indeed, let no one who waits on you be ashamed. Let those be ashamed who deal treacherously without cause. Show me your ways, O oh Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are God. Sorry, you are the God of my salvation. On you, I will wait All the day. Aren't those wonderful words? Aren't those words of great encouragement when one is distressed? Encourage yourself in the Lord your God. You know, a wonderful, wonderful thing is that if we uh, just go to um, 1 Samuel 30, one of the wonderful things in 1 Samuel 30 is that. When, when David came to the end of himself, when he was in this distress, this is in verse 7 and in verse 8 of 1 Samuel 30, then David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, Ahimelech's son, please bring the ephod here to me. That was a robe. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? That was the Amalekites. And he, God, answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. And, of course, if we read on, we see that that's exactly what happened. David pursued the Amalekites, and he got everything back. Nothing missing, nothing broken. He got his shalom back. How wonderful is that? So the key here is if you're distressed, if there's some reason for you to not be in a state of peace, the first thing you do is to encourage yourself in the Lord and then inquire of the Lord and He will show you the way through. Just a couple of uh, hints here on how you might actually um, encourage yourself in the Lord. If we have a quick look at 2 Corinthians Chapter 11, I don't want to keep it too long. I know it's pretty hot and we haven't got that second air conditioning unit working yet. But if we have a quick look at 2 Corinthians 11, uh, 23, you know what? If you look at the book of Acts, certainly Paul was a pretty busy bloke. And so too were the other apostles. They were doing a lot of travelling. They were doing a lot of preaching. And they were doing a lot of explaining themselves in front of the authorities. And uh, they would have had good reason to be distressed, but they were very focused on what they were doing and they kept themselves so busy actually that I don't think they had too much time to notice what was going on around them. And we read in uh, 2 Corinthians 11.23, this goes through to chapter 12 verse 4, and this is um, Paul, is writing to the Corinthians and he's actually defending himself against the opposition, and the opposition was really coming from, um, from uh, the, uh, the Hebrews, all right, the, uh, the Jewish folk who hadn't made the decision to become followers of Jesus Christ. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more, in labours more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequently, in deaths often. From the Jews five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked, a night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys, often in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils of the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches, I move on, I won't read all of those verses. It is doubtless this is chapter 12, verse one now. It is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows. Such a one was caught up to the third heaven. And I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows how he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one I will boast, yet myself I will not boast except in my infirmities. And on and on he goes. What he's saying, you know what, is I'm too busy serving the Lord to be worried about all the bad stuff. That's actually happened to me. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Stoning, floggings, being in jail, being in shipwreck. And Jeanette talked about one of those shipwrecks a little while ago. He's saying, you know what? None of that stuff really matters all that much in the larger scheme of things because I'm doing what I was actually called to do. How about that, eh? Doing what I was called to do. Times get tough, but he said, I'm so busy serving this vision that God has placed in my heart that those things actually pale into insignificance in terms of what lies ahead of me. And that fellow who was taken up to the third heaven, those things that um, that couldn't be repeated, that person saw what it was to be in heaven, I believe. And you know what? If we really knew what heaven was like, if we really, 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 really knew, I think we'd want to go there today. And that just might be why heaven is not described in great detail in the Bible because it would be such a temptation for us to try to take a shortcut and get there sooner rather than later and complete all the works God has for us on this earth, in this life. Attitude is just about everything. Do you know there are many, many, many sources of blessing of um, From God, where we are so blessed, I was um, with some people last night, and uh, there are a lot of people there who are doing it pretty tough, and I thought, you know, Lord God, I am so blessed, and uh, I don 't necessarily deserve any of the blessing I get, but I have a God who loves me, and the only difference between me and a lot of the people I was rubbing shoulders with last night is that I have made that choice to become a follower of Jesus Christ. I have made the choice to come under the blessing of God that he poured out upon all of humankind at the time that Adam and Eve were created and put in that garden to tend it and to care for it. I think one of the most powerful verses uh or most powerful scriptures in the whole of the Bible is this from Philippians 4 verses 11 to 12. And this is about The secret of contentment. You know what? It throws a whole lot of psychological theory out the window. It really does. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation because I think it uses some words that make it a little bit easier to understand. This is Philippians 4 verses 11 to 12. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. The key is, Paul has learnt to be content. You know, I think one of the greatest sins of us in Australia is that we're never content... And that's one reason why we tend to compare ourselves with others whom we think are better off and we want to tear them down. You know, you've heard of the tall poppy syndrome. It's quite unique here in Australia. In other cultures, we actually applaud success. If you go to America, Americans applaud success. In Australia, we want to tear people down. We want to bring them all down to our own level. That's because we haven't learnt to be content. But Paul For everything he went through. He had so many reasons to be distressed. So many reasons. But yet he didn't suffer from that stress and from that depression. And if you read through the book of Acts and if you read through the epistles, particularly when Paul is defending what he does as an apostle of Jesus Christ, you will see time after time after time he relates miracles that God achieved uh, through him and for him. So, yes, it's true that every now and then we do end up distressed like David. I suppose not too many of us have had people coming after us uh, wanting to stone us, but definitely most of us have probably experienced people wanting to do us harm of one kind uh, or another, and it can be pretty tough. The key is this first, encourage yourself in the Lord your God, and then go to Him for the solution. So when you're distressed, encourage yourself in the Lord your God, just like David did, and then go to God for the answer, and you can be assured that God will have an answer. Well, folks, it's uh, ten past, and we don't like to keep you in here any, uh, anywhere past about a quarter past ten, because for us, community time is really really important and uh, we're going to continue on this theme next week i'm actually going to thailand on monday so sadly i won't be here for it but i will trust god i praise god that i'll be able to listen to the podcast um, next sunday night after it's uploaded on itunes so god bless you thank you so much for being here let's just join together now